0: Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with DNA Upgrade Specialist and Coach to Top Entrepreneurs and Leaders, Helen Mueller. Helen's focus is helping top entrepreneurs and leaders fulfill their greatest potential. The You, Me, and Happiness program focuses heavily on heightened awareness and her unique ability to communicate remotely with human DNA, giving her clients high performance output and an accelerated growth and comparable to anything else. She is also the author of Four Keys to Happiness. Her journey in entrepreneurship started by selling biscuits on the family farm in South Africa and took off after being introduced to Learn Incorporated and coach Willie Laney. She enjoys a lifestyle of wildly intuitive traveling and is currently working on research, remaining passionately involved in coaching entrepreneurs and spreading happiness all around. Enjoy this interview.
1: Thank you again for taking a minute out. And before we get into your life, you have lots of interesting things going on. I want to know, how did you survive COVID? The last couple of years has been quite a thing for everybody. How did you get through it? And how has it changed the way that you approach, not only the way that you live your life, but that you approach business now?
2: Well, I was kind of distracted, to be honest, with the the COVID. Um, Firstly, because I am in Portugal and I am applying for, I'm in the process of getting my citizenship. Yes. Yeah? So just on a practical way, I was kind of more focused on, you know, sorting that out, and not on the problem of COVID at that time. So that's just on, on a practical level. On business side, for my business that time, I was doing really well. Because I don't know. I think it was the that contrast of the whole world going into this chaos and kind of, you know, going going that way inspired me to, you know, provide precision. and that's actually where I started really focusing on my DNA upgrade at that time. Before that, I, you know, I was mostly doing the coaching and the happiness fulfillment and working with some of, you know, of my energy techniques, but I, I went more fully into the DNA upgrade at that time because more people, you know, were kind of needing it at that time. So for me, business was that was kind of, you know, it was really good, and also especially because people were at home and forced to be at home. So that, yeah, it's it kind of worked out really well for me. I was that answers your question.
1: Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, because everybody has their different story of getting through. And it's it's fascinating how there's been silver linings and there's been ways of getting through and just revelations because this has been a big deal. And I think that people are fatigued and tired of talking about it. But I think it's important up front to acknowledge that we've all All of us, everybody on the planet's lived through quite a thing with COVID. And we all have our successes, we have our struggles, but I think it's great to kind of have that be the starting place. And and, and I'm going to move right into my next question to kind of understand what you do specifically. I want to put you in front of a bunch of grade school kids at a career day, let's say third graders, and one of them looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them?
2: <laughs> Number ever asked me that's that a really good question okay let me see how I answer that to your third grade there I would use an example I would give an example I, I would say like you know I would ask them tell me something that you're afraid of I would ask them yeah tell me something that you're afraid of and if they say like I'm afraid of snakes for example so I would say well, Something that I do is, if you're afraid of something, I help you to get rid of that fear and and to no longer live, live in that fear. I would maybe give an example like that. Because, I mean, they wouldn't know what is removing mental blocks. They wouldn't know what, what, yeah, what that is. But a fear is, is, a, is a good example of, of a mental block.
1: When you say DNA upgrade specialist, what does that specifically mean? How How would I understand that?
2: Well, what I, I do is it's a communication technique. So I remove mental blocks with this technique called DNA upgrade, and it's built on the science of epigenetics. So if you think about, you know, like, well, like we all have these mental blocks, but how it works is when you receive electrical signals from the outside, you, you then perceive it with your five senses, and that then releases chemicals into the bloodstream, which then interacts with your genes and that makes you act out. So say like for example, in, in the, you know, like using the example of, of the snake, you're scared of a snake. I'm not scared of snakes, but you might see a snake and then because you perceive it in the fearful way, you will then react in a fearful way because of the, 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 the hormones and the things that's released. So when I do a DNA upgrade, I bypass that process because you perceive with your five senses but you interpret with your mind. And that's why people have mental blocks, right? So when I do the dinner upgrade, I remove these mental blocks, but I do it with giving, kind of bypassing the information that comes from the mind, that limited mind, and I use information that comes from your higher consciousness, not your your limited mind programming that you were taught, you know. I would say like in your first seven years. So I bypass that and I send new information to the genes, and then your genes get expressed. In a different way. So like an upgraded upgraded information. That's what's called been an upgrade.
1: That's interesting. And you know, I'm kind of fascinated with the idea of DNA. My 18-year-old son is on the autism spectrum. And the only thing that we biologically, definitively know about where he's at is that he has an extra piece of genetic material on his 15th chromosome and that has led to developmental delays and and to where he is so I'm always fascinated with how just a very little bit can affect any human being
2: yeah, it's interesting that you say that I might be asking your question uh, because I always kind of ask this as well, is, you know, what people think of their DNA because I think a lot of us don't a lot of people don't really think about what it does, or what it can do, and and what happens. And I think you know a big reason why this is you know why people don't know a lot about it is because they still believe that genes control our biology, right? A lot of people say, for example, if you have this genes, then you're supposed to be like this. I'm not saying your specific example, but it could also be that belief that you know because of this um, extra genetic material, your son is now autistic. That's kind of a determinist belief, isn't it? Yeah. Because now you don't have any power, right? It's like this, so now you have to deal with it. But that's kind of based on um, the Newtonian science where people believe, like, say your mother had the cancer gene, now you have the cancer gene. like You know that type of thinking. But there's a valid science since the 1990s, which is called epigenetics. You might want to check that out. Maybe it could be useful for you, you know, or for your son as well. It's called epigenetics, and epi means above the genes. And how that works is now, the myDNA upgrade also, um, you know, builds on this science epigenetics because your genes is just a blueprint. In other words, though you can have the cancer gene and I can have the cancer gene, or you might also have the, the autistic gene and I might also have the, you know, the autistic gene. But it doesn't mean that we have to express it. So, because
1: your genealogy is a blueprint. I I think I understand what you're saying, and and, and I'm going to... And this is my interpretation. There's been a larger part of me as he's gotten older that has deviated from treating him like he has something that would would be called a deficiency. And I've always kind Mm -hmm. of treated him like he's neurotypical, and I have always kind of allowed him to do things that maybe other people wouldn't think is okay or they would think he's not up to it or, you know, he's just not at that point, you know, like riding a bike at a certain age or doing certain things. And the more he gets older, it's like there's expectations that I don't want to, you know, reduce for him because of what, I have been told on paper as a part of his, his genetic code. Is, is that kind of what you're saying? It's, there's a part of this process that if you treat it like it is, it is what it is. But if you go to another place, you can actually help alleviate it and elevate to a different level.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and you actually also have power, you know, to influence. influence. think it's time when my answer.
1: Oh, it's Miles, after the trumpet, or Miles
2: Davis. Miles. Yeah. okay. <laughs> okay, Miles. Well, yeah, yeah, so I mean, you have that power to also kind of make a difference in Marx's, um life, because, exactly because of that. And the thing is, Joe, you can prove with science all of these things now. It's just sometimes people don't have access to this, well, no, access is as much they don't know. But this is, it is, you know, there is scientists and physicists have already proven, like, lots of these things. It's just a matter of that. But it's more its, it's like a, um, a disempowering science versus an empowering science. If you think about it, so you're the one to have that power, right? You want to have—you want to choose. You don't want somebody else to tell you what you should believe just because. Why? Because they believe it. That's not a—that's not a reason why you should believe it. So it's, it's exactly like that. And I think a lot of things. Has to do with how you define things. Now, I, I always say, even when I have to go to a doctor, right? <laughs> I like I try not to, to go to doctors, but if I have to go to a doctor or like yeah, or like some like a skin therapist or anything, you know, even for a facial or something, I always tell them, I'm sure you could, you know, from their perspective, they can tell me what is wrong or they can put a label on something, right? But I specifically ask, I don't want to know that, but because as soon as you know that that information you kind of, it goes into your mind, right? And it starts affecting you. And if you think about growing up, you got all this information from books, from people, from experiences. And it's kind of the the information that you got from when you were in the womb to age seven. That's kind of forming the basis of what you believe in. Even if now you think you want to believe different things, that still has a, a big power on you. So I never... I mean, I don't like when people label things like autism. i will never do that. Um, I was just seeing somebody who, you know, they, they talk about themselves as being um uh, actually there was a friend that I talked they talk uh, he talked of himself as being bipolar because he's been diagnosed bipolar and this and that and the other thing. I said there's nothing wrong with you. you know what I mean? I'm not gonna label you as being sleepless because somebody's gonna Because people can also be wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You could be wrong. Now, now you believe this. You go and research all the, you know, kind of all the symptoms and all the things. And, and, and then before you know it, you've got more problems than you need, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It, it produces a lot of clutter and clatter for sure. Um, hmm. So let's go back in your life, where you were born and raised, and kind of what your childhood was like to give you these seeds of motivation to be who you are today.
2: I was born in South Africa, and on a farm, and I was um, one of three children. I was a middle child, or I am a middle child, and yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in nature, so I spent a lot of time in nature. But I always felt alone <laughs> on the farm because I think because of my ideas, and I had the, the reason why I can also do these um, you know upgrades is because I've been able to communicate with consciousness. You know, naturally, if I can say that from when I was a child, so I would have these conversations, this con- consciousness, when I would go walking in the mountains. And I was always like very aware of the presence, as if it's, it was like a magic friend, but you know, wasn't like a magic friend. <laughs> and I would just get a build that I just built that relationship from when I was a kid. So I'm kind of grateful for that, where I I never felt that I belonged in my family. And literally, it took me up until about maybe a month ago and i just came back from south africa now after a four-week visit there and i just yeah i just really came to a beautiful place now with my family but up until up until this point you know i really felt like it was a struggle for me i felt like i didn't belong i i left school not school yeah i mean i i finished my high school and i went to america and i thought you know i'm never going to go back (laughs) I, know, I said, you know, I'll be, I'll be like doing what my what my parents wanted me to do, while I'm under their roof, you know, show respect to everything, you know, like, like how they want me to live. But as soon as I'm free, I'm going really to like go out and do my thing. And then I left, but I had to go back to study. My, they wanted, you know, my parents wanted me to get a degree, and, and I had to go back. And um, but after that, I just traveled again, and I was looking for this answer to happiness, because when I was 16, I had, you know, what some people would call an out-of-body experience, and it was like, you know, my body was completely out, of you know, I was looking kind of down on earth, and I thought, well, this doesn't make sense, you know, how how we live on earth, what we do, like, I couldn't see the point of all this stuff. So, and then after that, I thought, well, I need to find out what existence is all about, because how often am I gonna live now? <laughs> it has to make sense to me. And and I kind of reverse engineered my life and I thought, okay, what do people want at the end of their life? Or you know, what's the kind of the realization if people want that fulfillment, right? You hear about this all the time, like, you know, they they lived their life, they had this, they had that, they made all the money, but then at the end, you know, they realised they were never really happy. They never really understood who they were and what they, you know, what they were and and what their purpose was for being on Earth. So I thought, like, if I first get that answer, however long that might take me, then I'll be sorted, right? Then whatever else I do have time for after that would be like a bonus. And that's exactly what I did. So I kind of traveled also, I would say, to escape my family, <laughs> in a way. But um, at the same time, i kind of searching for this answer, right? Or I would say, like, searching for myself, if I would say that. And then it took me about 10, 19 years before I found that answer. And I then started building my business from there and, and kind of wrote a book, built the business, and here we are today.
1: So, who has consistently been kind of a hero for you? Someone that you've admired?
2: Who? Consistently. I would say Elon Musk. But, okay, that's not forever. That's just since I I knew about Elon Musk. But I kind of, I mean, I know he's kind of a big figure now, but I really think he, yeah, I I don't know. I can elaborate on that. But consistently before that, I would say um, Prem Rawat. is a man from India who kind of helped me, you know, kind of, that you,
1: know, you may have already answered it. If you could meet and talk to anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be?
2: Elon Musk. But yes, yes, yes,
1: Elon Musk. So what is it that motivates you to do what you do? I mean, what is it every day you wake up, we always have these things that we want to do with our day. What is it that motivates you to get through the day and be a success, to to, to do what you want to do?
2: I because I've already, you know, kind of accomplished my my biggest goal in my life, now I feel very compelled. It's like a, you know, it's like a fire that, from that first moment when I, you know, knew what I wanted to do and when I started this union happiness thing, and, and it's just like a burning fire inside me. I can never stop, you know, stop it. It's like it's, it's continuously consuming my mind space. So, um, yeah, it's just like kind of... The, to pass that on to humanity while I'm still alive and I feel it's like it's not even like something I have to think about it just comes automatically like just to do as much as I can as efficient as I can to you know to pass things on to other people
1: yeah so let me ask you this at the end of the day how do you quantify a good day for you what is it that makes you satisfied at the end of a good day
2: I've extracted as much joy from each moment that I could. And that includes me waking up early. And that includes, yeah, that includes me having helped somebody, somebody during the day and um, having taken care of myself in the best way, you know, kind of the things I put in my body. And, and yeah, but essentially the joy that I extract out of each second of the day.
1: Based on the, the life that you've lived, the roads you've gone down, the wisdom that you've gained, I'm gonna ask you this. If you run it if you have a dream tonight, you run into the younger version of yourself, say in your twenties, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on what you've learned and what you've lived through. What advice would you give to your younger self? <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a couple, some, some oh my goodness, oh, how much time do you have?
1: No, i um, Yeah, the,
2: no, there's some practical things that are you know, big things and then I'm going to, yeah, on, the, on the other levels. I would say that um, on a practical side, I would say start investing, you know, early in life talking about like financial investments, like learn about investments and I would say like, yeah, you know, make that kind of a priority because even if you don't know what you want to do with your life, I don't know if you've got lots lots of young listeners, but even if you don't know what you want to study or you know what you want to like, just use your money and invest it. Um, Because by the time that you do know that, you know, you're gonna need that money to start a business or or, you know, like kind of do what you want to do. I would say that kind of financial knowledge, like that knowledge is, is important and of course if you can kind of look at the trends as well you know when you're when you're younger to see other foreign learn something that you could do online you know that type of thing so i would say that's quite important if you can kind of see where, where things are going at an early age, rather than yeah i mean you're, it's important to to follow your passion but i think along those earlier stages you know there's some some other decisions that you can make and then still follow your passion Um. So that's the one thing, and on a you know on a different level, what should I say? I say so don't yeah, don't believe what what other people believe. You know, make your own way, find your own way. If you can kind of learn that, and that's a word all about worthiness. And I think when people always ask me what's the biggest mental block that most of my clients have, and or in general, it all comes down to at the end of the day, like worthiness you know, self-worth. And I think if we can learn from a you know, young age that all those things that we're scared of, that, you know, when you believe something that somebody else says about you or, 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 some, or somebody else reflects to you, you know, to you, something that you feel insecure about, it's so easy for us to believe them, you know? And then we don't go digging further because we're so scared that we will find out that that might, even, that might be true. You know, somebody says, somebody says you're not good enough or something, whatever it is. And then you don't go deep, deeper because you're scared that might be true. But it's so, you know, it's not, it will never be true. And that's the whole thing with worthiness on earth. It will never be true. But we keep up keeping these loops of, of, you know, like not valuing ourselves throughout our lives. I think I would say to my younger self, you know, only what you believe is true about yourself is true.
1: Well said. So, what's been one of the best client responses that you've gotten for the work that you've done?
2: Oh, um, let me think. There's been many, many good ones. Okay, I must think of the best one. Um, you're some good questions. You're some difficult questions as well. You have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I would say... Um, I was thinking two, two ones. One for me was, you know, when I started doing the dinner, I just from a skills perspective. Um, somebody, you know, kind of explained it really well when they, you know, when they said um, it's like I get remote access to their body. So for me, that kind of really helped me with my own technique. So that, but, but yeah, that was some, some of the most accurate way that a person really described what I do on an energetic level. But then the um, results, of cool. from connecting to the higher self, um, that has always been for me the biggest one. Is when people just kind of find themselves. Um, yeah, I would say that the first time when somebody expressed it like that, where they just met that part of themselves, for them, to me, that was the most significant. But then, yeah, on the mission, been so many was <laughs> very tangible results as well. But yeah, that was that was a good one for me.
1: So everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your clients, but you live your life. You have a perception of yourself. Who do you think you are?
2: So I think I am. Well, I'm, going to, answer you, I'm going to answer you. I know that I'm consciousness. I know that I am an individuated unit of
1: consciousness, part of the larger consciousness system.
2: That's kind of like, a, yeah, so that's,
1: that's my answer. Helen, thank you for opening up Thanks for taking a minute out Before we leave, I want to get to the good business of your life Where is the best place for everybody to go to learn more about you And your your businesses, your your, your services Where can they go?
2: They can go to you, me, and
1: Perfect Helen, thank you again uh, Best of luck Have a great 2023 And again, thank you for opening up and giving me some of your time today I appreciate it
2: you're welcome, John. It's lovely to you. Thank you for
0: your time. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino. We'll be we covering the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.